Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, wherein two early 40s curmudgeons stare down the prospect of their fastly, quickly, rapidly impending entertainment irrelevance. Is, is fastly a word? I'm suddenly doubting myself, Bill. Yeah, sure. What the hell, right? Okay, fastly. Why not? We make up our own words. I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno, uh, quiz master and founder of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And I'm Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises. Yes, you are. Okay, and today our topic of conversation is, uh, well, we're... We're sticking close to home today. We're doing something that you and I both already have a bit of knowledge about before we ever even ventured into the world of podcasting. The hottest movie in America at the moment, Avengers Infinity War. War, war, uh, it war, is the no- war. 19th film in the Marvel cinematic universe that all started way back in those uh, innocent days of 2008 with the first Iron Man film. It's the 19th movie. We're on 19. Can you believe that? And I've seen, uh, you've seen all of them, right, Bill? Everyone. I missed the Incredible Hulk one and uh, the first two Iron, uh, not Iron Man, uh, Thors. Thors. Uh, so it came out last Friday, uh, last Wednesday, rather. Um, when did it come out? Last week. April, Thursday late night, April. Thursday evening. It's already, as we record this on Sunday, it has already garnered $630 million worldwide. It makes it the second most lucrative film of 2018 so far, second only to another Marvel movie, Black Panther. And it is already lined up for a sequel for May 2019. It was directed by uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, the Russo brothers. Got their start in sitcoms, uh, most notably Arrested Development and Community. But they did several other Marvel movies, including... Uh, one of the captain, one of the captains America, right? Two of them. Two of them. Two of two of the captains America. All right. They did. They did. Winter they Soldier and Civil War, I think. Winter Soldier and Civil War. Okay. This movie is two and a half hours long, packed to the gills with nearly every major character we remember from the past Marvel movies. And just listen to the cast in this movie. Everyone is in this movie. You got Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Josh Brolin, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Chris Hemsworth, Zoe Saldana, Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Don Cheadle, Benedict Cumberbatch, Anthony Mackie, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, uh, Danny Guerrera. I, I can never pronounce her name right. She was She's Michonne on The Walking Dead. Uh, Sebastian Stan, Chris Pratt, Peter Dinklage is in this one, Dave Bautista of the WWE, Vin Diesel does a voice, Bradley Cooper does a voice, Gwyneth Paltrow shows up, William Hurt, uh, Benicio Del Toro, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Holland, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, uh, Dick Van Dyke's in it, Maury Amsterdam, (laughs) the late Mary Tyler Moore, Henry Winkler, Al Molinaro. You can't have a movie without Al Molinaro, right? Uh, Mary Pickford and Clark Gable show up. Charlie Chaplin has a cameo, the kids from Fame, the Yale Whiffenpoofs, the entire Texas A&M fighting Aggie marching band, uh, Zac Efron's in it, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, you got Alan Alda, Loretta Swit, Jamie Farr, <laughs> Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez and Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen. Anthony Michael Hall, Ali Sheedy, Paul Gleason, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Denim Elliott, Sir Peter Ustinov, Sir Lawrence Olivier, and the entire population of Papua New Guinea. There is a lot of avenging in this Avengers movie. You Wait, wait, you missed, so, you missed one guy. You missed uh, <laughs> former Secretary of State McGeorge Bundy was there too. That's right. I forgot McGeorge Bundy <laughs> plays Frogman, that beloved Marvel hero. Um... 
It's 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 you know a lot of the criticism of the movie is that uh, it's getting good reviews you know for a superhero movie. I mean, look, we're at a point where superhero movies can be great. One of the criticisms that I I am certainly partial to is that it is a bit overstuffed. It is like a uh, pizza crust, a 1990s crust at Pizza Hut. This is sort of going to be our gateway to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. And a few things. One, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the movie, right, Bill? I mean, we're going to. Yeah. I think we have to. We're going to go yeah. for it. Yeah. We have to. So if you haven't seen it yet, sorry, you've already been spoiled with all those names. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get into the plot. We'll mention the post-credit sequence. We'll mention the shocking twist ending that I knew. I knew there was a shocking ending. I didn't know what it was till I saw it. Uh, also, that we're comic geeks. So this is... As, when I say we're sticking close to home, this is in our wheelhouse. Uh, this episode will be similar to when we talked about Zack Snyder and his helming of the DC Universe movies. Bill, I know you saw uh, Infinity War, what, Friday? You saw it Friday? Yeah. I saw it last night. So, uh, Bill, what did you think of Avengers Infinity War and, by extension, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? These movies ha- are so much better than they have any right to be. And I think everyone (laughs) is kind of amazed at that keeps happening. There's a level of quality control that comes from corporate, whoever the little boardroom, the the little congested room full of white, portly geeks with bald spots and thick glasses that are writing these. If it's Kevin from from Marvel, Prexy, Kevin Feige, on downward to all these other guys, there is this iron-fisted control of story, tone, and um, consistency. It's kind of nuts. The only thing... That varies from movie to movie, and and this was pr- actually pretty unfortunate when it came to Black Panther. Was the quality of the special effects were rushed? Literally, the special effects were gooey and unrendered in a lot of places. Especially that last maglev train fight scene where it was Killmonger against um, T'Challa. Oh, you're talking about Black Panther. Now. I'm talking about Black you're Panther. Yeah. About Black Panther. Uh, that was a pretty roughly done scene, and I thought that either it was under-executed or just they had to do too much work with not enough time to hit the deadline. And that's all these movies, you know, they, they put the weekend releases way out, and you're making a movie in response to the weekend rather than picking the weekend in response to how hard it is to make the movie, which is really tough, and I think some of these movies suffer from it. The Marvel movies, it, I don't think Infinity War it had a real lack of, uh, although I, I did hear on some podcasts that people were complaining about a gooiness in a lot of the rendering. But but whatever, that's a that's a minor issue. That's a wonky issue. These movies are better than they should be. And I'm not even saying that as a comic book guy who read all the source material and has been living in this shit since the late 80s. Just more or less as a fan of consistently legible action on camera. And that's one of these things that is really hard to get right, apparently, because we watched Fast and the Furious. And a lot of cases, I had no fucking idea what was happening in the Fast and the Furious. It's just like it's an illegibility in terms of laying out action scenes. And yeah, we talked about Zack Snyder. We didn't talk about Justice League, but Justice League looked like trash in so many places because it just had this illegibility. But these Marvel movies don't suffer from that. Plus, also, they have... Have a really a real respectful grasp of sense of humor and comedy even though they've gotten darker for sure in the last two years they still maintain thank mostly thankful to like paul rudd and guardians of the galaxy and stuff like that there's enough humor to make them extremely likable and the successful casting of people who can acquit that humor they get that balance pretty pretty well i mean it doesn't always work for me it seemed an awkward balance in justice league which they were trying to make funny in response to the marvel movies wonder woman was more successful in that regard but the marvel movies get it right you know i think eight out of ten times which is nice to see 
So what did you what did you think? I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm you know it wasn't perfect. I actually thought some of the action scenes were a little hard to follow. But 100% honesty, it might be because my screening was so packed that I could only get a seat in the fourth row, which was a little close for my tastes. So I sometimes wonder if uh, I love seeing a movie way in the back in the center, and if I had had a better seat, if I would have seen things better. But I don't know. Who knows? I did seem a little overstuffed to me. I had a little trouble following who's where, who's doing what, who's with who at certain points. And also, while this isn't specifically my problem and not your problem, I feel like if you hadn't seen all the other movies, you might be very lost. That being said, like, look, let's think of these as comic books. Like, comic books have been that way for decades, for 30 years now. It's a continuing story. And enough people are sucked into this Marvel universe that if it's nigh unintelligible to someone who's never seen a Marvel movie before, part of me is like, well, who cares? Not every movie is for everyone. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. And, you know, the thing about me with the Marvel movies is growing up, I was a fierce DC partisan. Um, I always glommed onto those characters way more. I always preferred the Justice League to the Avengers. There's this little part that, like, and and the, the serious big-budget Justice League movie was always my dream. So there's this little part of me that is like kind of... I mean, I, I started reading Marvel in, in high school. I got to like Marvel. I still always preferred DC, but I never... I stopped hating Marvel. I never really hated it. But there's a little part of me that's heartbroken that the Marvel movies are so much better. You know, there's a famous story about when they were making Iron Man, and who was it? Was it Kevin Feige or John Favreau? Who was it who was pushing for Robert Downey Jr.? And the higher-ups like, no, you need someone younger and cuter and cooler and all that they won the battle to get robert downey jr and compare that to something like green lantern where the studios insisted it be ryan reynolds and the movie was just a pile of horse shit the marvel movies did the right thing that the guys in suits let the creative smart people who got the source material let them be creative and smart instead of dictating everything and as a result the marvel movies are so much better dc went in the other direction and that's why their movies suffer for it now not always i mean wonder woman was great i didn't think justice league was as bad as it could have been but it can't hold a candle to these films there's a little part of me that's heartbroken that the marvel movies are so much better but whatever like i can enjoy them they're fun i had a great time and i've seen most of these movies and i've liked most of them i thought black panther was awesome i thought the third iron man actually was one of my favorites i liked infinity war i think i preferred civil war but thanos is a great villain i didn't see any problems with the special effects but i don't i'm not as keyed into the stuff as you are this is an example of the cream rising to the top which you know always makes me happy he only ever had one goal to wipe out half the universe if he gets all the infinity stones he can do it with the snap of his fingers just like that tell me his name again my uh fine feathered friend my my ward my sidekick why is this popular uh i think some pretty basic reasons one they're it, it, it's good. It's, you know, I mean, it's a well-made film, all the things we said before. Two, superheroes are enjoying a boom, not only because the nerds won and they're able to, you know, tell the stories the way Hollywood could never tell superhero stories until, I mean, with a couple of exceptions. I thought the Burton Batman movies had something and the, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies did a good job, but until X-Men came along in 2002 or whatever, a way that superhero stories were never told, I want to say accurately, but more to the point, entertainingly, really expressing what makes superheroes appealing. And also, I want to say we're in an age where the idea of a superhero, you know, the, the power fantasy that draws, you know, drew little misfit nerd boys like us to superheroes, that power fantasy is more potent among the general public than it was in decades past. You know, we want 
want someone who's inherently good, or if not inherently good, conflicted, but when the chips are down, will always do the right thing to be able to solve a problem by punching it in the nose. There's something very appealing to that, especially now. So yeah, I mean, it, it's not a complicated answer. It's a well-made movie that is in, is in tune with our times. And they've done the work of, you know, building it up. The 18 movies that came before this, they have led us effectively to this point. What about you? I, I guess I have to agree with everything you just said, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a little mystified because there are so many movies that do what this movie does, or this series, if we're talking about both of the entities at the same time. And there are a lot of successful movies that don't do what this do, does and succeeds. Right. I have a lot of difficulty right now at this moment in pop culture by being able to, on site alone, say that this is going to be a success and this isn't. Because you can look at two different movies that are garbage and one, for some reason, is going to be a huge success. Like Transformers, the last, we, we talked about Transformers franchises. The last Transformers movie was, was a world beater. It was absolutely huge. Now, a lot of that, to be fair, was due to overseas box office. But the domestic was also incredible. And it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Every single minute of the movie, the acting is terrible. The effects are <laughs> terrible. The visual congruity is terrible. And yet it's a success. And Marvel movies, this one in particular, has a lot of good things going for it in terms of quality, in terms of writing, in terms of visual congruity. And it's a success. Why do people buy into that when it's garbage? And why do people buy into that if, it's, if this if it's good? You know, I can say why it's a good movie to me, but I almost can't answer the popularity question anymore just because I'm really out of touch with why big things are popular. You know, every now and then, the audiences give a thumbs down to, what is it, the World of Warcraft? Remember that piece of shit that came out? Or that not um, really no. Yeah, there was that. There was a Matt Damon uh, Great Wall of China movie that came out, and that thing fucking died. And there's the Johnny Depp Lone Ranger, and there was that uh, John Carter movie with Taylor Kitsch that died on the vine. And and it's like, but those look exactly like the things that succeed. Why were those failures, and why was this popular? That's something I'm left grasping for just a little bit. Well, I think there's more to that. And I think we did touch upon this in Transformers. People go to shitty movies. I've said this. People will go for shit, but they care. They won't care unless it's better than shit. And I think the Marvel movies very effectively walk a line in that they can appeal to people like you and me who need story and need characterization. But they can also appeal to people who just want to see big stuff blow up and people get punched in the face and all that. You know, that's what people like about Transformers. People might go see Transformers. They don't care about Transformers. And while I have no evidence of this, I imagine there's a lot more passion online for the Marvel movies than there is for Transformers. So these movies both appeal to people who want to see crap blow up and appeal to people like you and me. So they, it's like a twofer in a way. Why would the World of Warcraft movie bomb? Well, maybe the stuff didn't blow up right. Plus, it didn't have the stuff to appeal to people who need a story, <laughs> who need characterization, right? That could be it. There's a formula yeah. to getting stuff to blow up so that people like it. I mean, Transformers, I think part of the formula is, hey, you know, the same reason trans- people came up with Transformers in the first place in the 80s. Robots turning into cars. That's awesome. I guess World of Warcraft didn't have that. I'm sure there are media observers who can answer this more intelligently than I can, but this not only has the blow shit up it factor, punch people in the face it factor, all the reasons we've said, it's a good story well told. Who is the greatest band, Earth, Wind & Fire, great band, by the way? Of all time. Or the Beatles? Beatles! Beatles! Thank you! Thank you, Stuart Blaney! 
So, Bill, we've established we like these now, but would you like them even more? Or how differently would you feel if Iron Man had had if if the Marvel Cinematic Universe had begun when uh, you were twelve instead of thirty-two? Would you be more of an acolyte for these films? You know, man, I showed up for the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. And I rented the fucking <laughs> Matt Salinger Captain America. And I watched really? the Corman Fantastic right. Four. You watched the Corman? Has like, that even been released on an official release, the Corman Fantastic Four? No. No, it's only really? a Samus Dat. It only it only exists in a, in a third generation. Yeah, it never it was never released. It only exists in third generation VHS. I've, I've only seen clips um, from it. I remember watching going to a, a a comic book convention in 1992. And we were all gathered around a TV where they were showing it, and we were fascinated. Like I said, for the for the movie, like Dolph Lundgren and Punisher was terrible, and yet it had the the white skull on the leather shirt on the leather jacket or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, this is for me. And no matter what shape it comes in. I'm going to live or I'm going to ride or die on this thing. And so I would have been like totally crazy for this. I, I feel like part of me is now if I wasn't such a jaded old man who had seen so much garbage and also was coming off of film festivals where I'm watching like great French and Hungarian movies, you know, which say more to me about the human condition and the age that we live in. That's the only reason why this isn't more exciting now is because I have a sort of changing taste pattern that's only like a 10-year-old change in taste. Otherwise, these would still be something, I mean, even, you know, Star Wars, all this stuff that we're, like, we're living in, in 1983 right now, culturally for me. All the brands and shit that I loved are, are still here, and they're, they're bigger than they ever were, and they're being taken as serious as I wanted them when I was, I don't know, eight years old. What about you? Uh, probably, though I do have to wonder, I'd probably love it, but I do have to wonder if the degree to which I was a DC loyalist, right, until I was like a, like 15, uh, if there'd be a part of me that would like feel such strong loyalty to DC, I downplay the success or the quality of these movies and tell everyone that, you know, Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow and the Flash TV series are far superior and that Justice League was really a great movie and better than the Marvel movies. I have to wonder about that. It, I guess it depends at what age it caught me, like my level of pretension. But again, like this question is always unanswerable. Like who knows if I'd been a DC loyalist at all if I had been born in the 90s instead of the 70s i probably would have been crazy about him uh yeah so pretty much there with you i guess probably with the asterisk of if i were still a dc loyalist i might piss on them a little but get over yourself young noah if i've learned one thing along the way now is that the audiences are predictably unpredictable but they tend to organize around certain lines and they want to they want to organize it at higher levels. And just as a spectator, I want to feel like there's an evolution in my own experience as just a viewer. Noah, is this, even though there is a character named Apocalypse tucked deep into Marvel mythos, <laughs> is this yeah. movie and the movement it represents a sign of said Apocalypse? Is this a sign of Apocalypse? No, this is a good thing. How about you? <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I could dig deep and find something shitty about it, but I don't know. There are way more apocalyptian things. So, no, this is good. I'm with you. I, I would much rather that movies be of this ilk, that, that people give their thumbs up and their money and make cultural phenomenon out of, uh, first of all, winning performances from actors who look like they're having a good time. They legit show up 
Yeah. And they say good things about the working environment. They say everyone looks yeah. pleasant. They seem like everyone's happy to hit their marks. They're they're pleased to be cast in it, not just because it's money, but because they're also part of a you know a relevancy yeah. tide. I love stuff like that, especially if the people who it's are great. inside are telling you this thing works. But not only that, just do as, you, as do a you, guy who wants Side note on that. I was thinking about this last night. So again, spoiler alert, the post-credit sequence teases Captain Marvel, the Captain Marvel movie that's coming out next year, which is starring Brie Larson. It's kind of amazing that Oscar-winning actors are seeking out superhero roles. I mean, we have seen that a couple decades ago. No way. Let's not forget that Lawrence Olivier played Zeus in Clash of the Titans. Yeah, we forget um, about that. Yeah. You know, like you— <laughs> Actually, wait, wait, that's we, true. We I'm sorry. I thought you were joking. That's true. Yes, he did. But come on. Wasn't he, like, old and needed a paycheck? And didn't people mock him for that? I don't remember. I was like oh, yeah, four yeah. when that movie came out. But... Excuse me. I'm not sure if I remember your name. Uh, I'm really um, bad with names, you know. You don't remember me? We met several times. I, it's Ant-Man. A-N-T-M-A-N. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. What are your superpowers again? You, you, you talk to the ants, is that it? Well, partly, but mainly I shrink myself down to the size of an ant while retaining my full human strength. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really impressive. <laughs> the size of an ant with human strength. You must be able to clean house on those other ants. <laughs> Is our, you know, we, we usually say is our hatred of this topic or our dislike of it, is that rooted in jealousy? So here's my question for you. I guess this is the variant when we really like something. Do you have any jealousy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe of, did you feel any pangs of jealousy when you watched Avengers Infinity War? By the way, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm, I never yeah. said in my intro, I apologize. This is based on... A comic book series from the early 90s, uh, The Infinity Gauntlet, written by Jim Starlin, who created Thanos, one of the great comic book writers. Not my favorite artist, but a good comic book writer. Uh, also the one who killed Robin. And uh, George Perez, literally one of the four or five greatest comic book artists of all time. Let's not for Everyone talks about Stan Lee and to an extent Jack Kirby, but a lot of great comic book creative minds laid the firmament for the success of both this movie and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I was like giving them their due. And most of those guys were Jewish. Not Perez or Starlin, but Lee and Kirby certainly were. So... Lahayim. All right. Yeah. So, do you have any pangs of jealousy <laughs> relating uh, to no. Avengers: Infinity War and, by extension, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, I, I, I thought myself. That I, I wondered if I'd have this issue of first of all, these uh, characters in these franchises have kind of been inherited by a new generation of people. It's just not the comic books, but the characters have survived the transition to to different media which I think is great. I have the comic books on my shelf and I don't ever need to feel like the Infinity Gauntlet had to be slavish or the Infinity War had to be slavish to the source material in order for me to feel like yeah. I was edified. I did see the echoes of it. But I no, I, I had relatively few misgivings. Culturally, I just feel like I'm not boxed out of this. Maybe I'm not giving myself the... Uh, maybe I'm not being completely honest with the idea that I'm on the team. It's easy to feel like I'm having a good time because, you know, quote unquote, my team is winning. I don't know. I, I, I That's probably <laughs> bullshit. But yeah. I, I just, you know, I don't feel like there's any, I don't feel any sore spots from this. I feel like I'm just older, but I'm still connected with this kind of filmmaking and this kind of material and the tone of it the same way I would have been back in 1989. And I don't feel any disaffection from it, nor do I feel 
like it's suspect. And also, I don't feel like it's ruining the business. I mean, I guess if you were at Warner Brothers, you would say, yeah, this is a sign of the apocalypse. You know, I'm I am I, I'm very jealous of this. And your dislike if you're Kevin Sujahara would be based in jealousy because you can't get this shit right. I kind of don't have any reason to, you know, be separated from the material of the movies. Uh, yeah, I still see the movies that I want. Like they still make plenty of my small film yeah. festival type uh, Sundance type shit but, from Khan comes my way. So I'm not I'm not I'm but, not starving over here for good stuff. But that's the difference between you and all the fucking crybabies in our society today. Is like I don't understand this. Like oh, white people don't dominate everything, so I'm mad. Or like Louis C.K.'s line about gay marriage. Like don't go to the fucking wedding. Like there's still pl- oh, we don't want a burrito truck in every corner. That's the thing. There might be stuff you don't like that's like taking over. There's still plenty of what you like, and you could still you could still for the most part ignore what you don't like, and you know just spend your time with what you do like. But somehow, like, fucking snowflakes can't handle that. Just being reminded that something that, like, exists offends their delicate sensibilities. Well, for me, I mean, there's a thing I talked about before, the DC loyalty kicking in sometimes, but I don't really care. It's not really jealousy. It's it's just a little like, yeah, I wish I wish the Batman movie had been as good, or, God, if we had an awesome Green Lantern movie, that would have been great. But whatever, you, you, you move on in life. By the way, I will say this. DC, historically, way better job with animation than Marvel. The DC animated movies are fantastic. The Justice League animated series is unbelievable. And I don't know of any good Marvel animated series. I can't think of any. And I kind of lost track of Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and all that and Arrow. But they weren't awful. I mean, they weren't as good as these movies. Uh, The other bit of jealousy is as a child, I dreamed of being an actor. Occasionally have moments where I beat myself that I never went down that road. I mean, I tried going down that road a little. I posted my headshot on my first headshot on Facebook last week along with everyone else, but I never got very far. So there's a little part of me that- I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, you like that? There's a little part of me that that is jealous that I'm, you know, I'd love to be an actor who gets to play a superhero in a movie like this. My God, how much fun would that be? I mean, I can imagine few jobs that would be as much fun as, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never been a big- physical uh person so i was always trying to be the clown so i guess in in this universe i'd be ant-man uh yeah i can't imagine how much more fun anything more fun than that so there's there's jealousy you know you don't get everything you want in life so you let it go well i guess we like uh we liked infinity war huh yeah, that's the, the, the coolest hot take there's ever been. Of course we were going to like this. <laughs> I mean, this was made well, for us. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So so let's look back on the history of I Don't Get It. What have been the topics that we like the most? There's this, Key and Peele, right? Death Note. What are the others? What are the things we had, we had, we had the, the, the fewer negative things to say about? Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yes, Black Mirror. Uh, I'm yeah. going to say there are things, though, that we each of us liked in turn— we both like Rick and Morty. That that worked out pretty well for us. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I like this stuff way better than Rick and Morty. Aziz, but that I like Aziz. Rick and Morty. But I l- let me tell you something. I'm not going to go back and uh, I haven't watched more Rick and Morty since we talked about it. Uh, Aziz and Sorry, no, because I while I loved Master of None, uh, we agreed that his stand up is 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 shite so but i think that anybody could probably pick out which ones we would like i don't think we're hard to figure out so that the topics that we've liked i think have pretty much been on brand so i don't think we surprise anybody uh we are very unsurprising enjoy all right so wrap it up my friend 
All right, man. Look for past episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast.com. Give us a review on iTunes. I am personally available on Twitter at William Scurry uh, and on YouTube at AM Caesar, although I don't know why you'd go there. Noah Tarno, what about you? <laughs> At Noah Tarno, and more importantly, at Big Quiz Thing, BigQuizThing.com. Uh, what a year we're having with the corporate and private trivia events nationwide. May is going to be brutal, my friend. May is going to kick my ass. It hasn't even started yet, and we just the schedule's filling up. So Yes, uh, okay, so until the next time, coming up very shortly, coming up at you, into your ear holes. I've been Bill Scurry, and that's been Noah Tarno, and we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2018.